Sarayim Tov, everyone. We begin our third class in Megillus Esther with the commentary of the Mechir Yayin of the Ramah Rav Moshe Israelis. And we've been discussing how the he gives a, a new slant on the Megillah that it is a all, besides being the real story, it's a parable of life. And you can see through the story, you're all, all of our lives. And we are um, shown that there are three parts of our lives. The time where we grow, our youth, and then the second part is where we have our main productive years, and then the third part is the decline as we go down until we die. And yesterday, we spent the Sukkim base through Tess, discussed the challenges that in the days of Olam Hazah, where the human being has two aspects, the Chomer, the mass, the uh, raw material, and the Tzura, that which gives it purpose, the soul. And the whole point is the Tzura is supposed to shape the Chomer. And we discussed how all of life, all the days of this world, where the tzura is forced to connect with the chomer, it's very painful, it's difficult. And we said as a human being, you're like a king. Achashverosh is the symbol, the allegory, to the part of the tzura, that's the king, that's meant to shape the human being. And has to make choices between good and evil from the beginning of his life till the end of life. And when the person begins to understand things and he realizes that he's in a wondrous world, and it's in deposited in its hands. But once he's weaned, the Yetzirahara seduces the person to fill himself up with all the physical pleasures in the world. Because as man sees the glory of his status, he imagines that he can fill his whole life on Olam Hazah with pleasures and turn to feasts where he associates with lowlifes and all of world is a party. And he subjugates even his intellect to help him indulge his lusts. And even though Hashem provides the young person with various means to develop his seichel from the way he sees things in this world and come to an understanding that Hashem is in this world, but unfortunately he refuses to uh, make use of them. And we gave the analogy of the party. A man goes after Hashem's gifts, even after many women and pleasures. And although Hashem does not force you to sin, it's your free will choice. And then we come to the, so that's the party. The party of Achashverus is the party that man wants. The young people want to party. They want to take life seriously. They want to indulge the Chomer, the body. And who represents the Chomer? Vashti. Vashti is the one who symbolizes the raw material and the desire to indulge and therefore um, <clears throat> she's making a party as well and both elements are engaged in partying not taking life seriously and that's where we're up to through Pasuk Tess now we're hopefully we'll go till the end of the book and let's continue now the 10th Pasuk it was by Yom Hashvi was on the 7th day Kitov Lev HaMelech Bayayin, when the king's heart was uh, was was happy with wine. 
And what does he do? He says, he tells, to bring Vashti, the queen, before the king with her crown and to show all the nations and the officer her beauty because she was very beautiful. Okay? And that's what, what he's uh, looking for in this pas- in, in this Pasuk. And he uh, he tells this that uh, he told that to to his advisors, okay, Haman, Biza. So all these people, the the seven advisors, he asked them to bring them before, bring her before him. So what is this an allegory, Tarts? So says the rabbi like this. Although the person, the young person is not behaving well and is indulging himself in all the pleasures of the world and he's not being guided by his intellect and the tzura is not able to shape the homer into a proper way. But if the person himself can sense that he's being way too lustful and if he'll give a little thought to do tshuva and to now, as it were, send for Vashti the Homer, and to say, you know what? I'd like you to change. I want you to be better. I want you for to receive the, uh, to have the crown. What does all this mean? So, first of all, it's on the seventh day. What's the seventh day symbolizing? Ketov Lev HaMelech, when the king is happy with wine. The rabbis say, what was the seventh day? It was Shabbos. And what do we know so special about Shabbos? On Shabbos, each and every one of us is given the gift of an Neshama Yaseira, extra level of soul. And why does Hashem give you that extra level of soul? To reflect on your behaviors that you've done during the week and perhaps you've done some sinful behaviors. And it's a good time to regret one's sins and now send for the queen, send for Vashti, send for the the body that's so wanting to run after pleasures. And it says, and that's the king, Achishverish is the is the tsura, is the shaper, is the is the is the part of human being that can define who he is. And he starts thinking, says, Let's let's bring this other part of me, the chomer, the physical matter that wants to indulge, and have it come before me. And when it says, Betov Lev Bayayin, when he's good-hearted with wine, because what do we know? On Shabbos, our bodies take a rest. And what do we have time to do? We have time to engage in Torah. Time to learn Torah. And Torah is symbolic of wine. Because we know the wine, when it comes in, secrets come out. Torah brings out all kinds of things. So now on the Shabbos, a day, that we don't have the pressures. The pressures of life cause us to mistakenly follow our body's pleasures. But now on Shabbos, we don't have to run after making a buck. We can sit back. God has given us an extra level of soul to really think about life. And on that seventh day, just like Achashverosh, which is the symbol of the Tzura, is calling for Vashti, who's the symbol of the Chomer. And he sends... He sends for her through the seven 
Srisei Hamelech, the seven chamberlains of the king. And those were Mahuman, Baizosa, Harvona, going through all of them. And and who are these? Who are these chamberlains? On a deeper level, on a metaphoric level, those are the seven powers within the human being that are meant to serve the king. Those are intellectual powers. Powers of thought, powers of judgment, powers of arousal. I don't have to go into all the details, but there's seven aspects to human beings' power that can, they are meant to channel them in the best way. And therefore on Shabbos, when you have access to a higher level of cognition, and therefore you are sending, you're trying to send a message to your body, to your goof, to your homer. So he's sending He's sending through the seven chamberlains, meaning through the seven forces within yourself. You start thinking. You start regretting. You start thinking what's important in life. You're not in the rat race. Perhaps I can reconsider things. Maybe I can confess to certain things because of the power of Shabbos and because of the power of learning Torah. So the king, so to speak, the, the, the tzura sends all the forces and you tell everybody, come back with the crown. What is the crown? Kesser always refers to the will of Hashem. The Kesser is the ultimate will. And come back with a crown on your head, meaning do good things. Because we know a Nazir, a Nazir is supposed to be holy, and the word Nazir is a zir. It's like a crown. So be engaged with the crown. Come with the crown. Come with learning Torah. Come with thinking about Hashem. This is the ultimate crown of, of royalty. And show to all the nations the beauty. Show everyone how beautiful you are. I mean, you can do all those actions. There are opportunities in life, even though we're in the midst of a party. Life is a party. But there is that seventh thing. That is that day called Shabbos. That is the moment where you could stop and think and say, you know, maybe I should change. You start talking to yourself. Come on. I gotta, I gotta take life more seriously. Aye, but what happens at the party? Pasukid Bays. Fatima ain't Hamalka Vashti, but the queen refuses to come. According to the word of Hamelech, that was given over through the Chamberlains. And now the king got very angry. So what's going on? We already said it's very hard for the body to go away from the things it's addicted to, the pleasures of life. It's so hard. And the Gemara asks a question. Wait a minute. Why did, let's go back to the records. Why did Vashti not come? Now we know what the king wanted her to really do, to come without any clothes on. And really, you know, imagine, God forbid, we have people, people, women who unfortunately have compromised on their morals and they're willing to display their bodies without any shame. So, and we know that the whole purpose of the party, Achashverosh and Vashti, was to get the Jews to sin. It was supposed to be a, a party of immorality. So certainly that's like her cue. Yes, I will come. Why didn't she come? What's the answer? Well, Gmar gives two answers. One said she suddenly developed soraas, leprosy. 
Another commentary says she suddenly grew a tail. Well, obviously, on the physical level, if she had leprosy, she doesn't want to show off her beautiful body. It ain't beautiful anymore. And soon as she has a tail, that ain't going to cut it. But that's but on the metaphoric level, let's go back to the metaphoric level. You're trying to bring your body back. But the body refuses. You know why? For one of two reasons. Either it has leprosy. Now, we know that leprosy comes from four very bad behaviors. Comes from Lashon Hara, comes from arrogance, comes from anger, comes from lust. That's when real tzaras, real tzaras comes as a, as a symptom of a deeper thing. So what's going on? The body is being encouraged by the soul, come back and do good things. It's like, I refuse, you know why? Because I'm so used to these evil things, I can't stop speaking Lashon Hara. I'm so arrogant, I can't, I can't humble myself to change. I get angry if you even think I should change because I can't avoid all these lusts. These are characteristics that you follow and that will stop you from changing. And according to the opinion, she grew a tail. What does it mean? It's because the animalistic part of the person is coming out. And the person said, listen, I'm already living like an animal. And I don't want to stop living like an animal. Okay. And that's what the that's the problem with the Vashti. She doesn't want to respond. Don't you have people you're trying to talk sense into them? You have to stop living this life. It's not good for you. It's not what you were created for. You're a human being. You don't act like an animal. And the person says, I refuse to come to the king with the crown of good behavior. Now, it could be they refuse because they're stubborn or they just can't change. When Vashti refused to come, it wasn't she was adamant. It was against her will. She can't come if she has leprosy, can't she? She can't come if she has a table. There's some people, they're so addicted to their wrong behavior, they don't even know how to change. So they refuse. And then what happens? Well, the king gets upset. And here, remember, the rule is, whenever it says King Achashverosh, it means King Achashverosh. When it says the king, it also means God. So Vashti, the body, the Homer, doesn't want to listen to the king, Hashem. The message comes on Shabbos, you could change. And when they say, no, I don't want to, then the king, Hashem, gets upset. And this happens with, you know, young people. They're all wild. They've got to sow their oats. Someone wants to put some sense into them. You have Shabbos or other opportunities like Shabbos. And the person says, no, I can't. I can't come. So what happens? So now, so now the king speaks to the men who knew the times. So was the king's custom to present the case before all who knew the law and judgment. We know the rabbis tell us that Hashem makes his judgments in the world above the way it's in the world below. And what does a king do below before he makes judgment? He goes to his advisors. To Hashem in his, to teach us humility, Hashem says, I'm going to go to my advisors. And who are those? Those are the Malachim, the heavenly realm, 
that is like the all the uh, spheros, that are all the powers that come from Hashem. And that's what happens. Hashem takes counsel with his court for what to do with the sinner. And who are the ones who are close to them? Akara Velov, Karshina, Shesar, Admosa, Tarshis, Meris, Marsana, Mamuchan, that's Haman. The seven, the seven, uh, the seven sore princes of Parasimara are the ones who see the face of the king. And they and what happened? He went to them. Kidos malasos Vashti. You know what's the law? What should we do with Vashti? That she didn't listen to the king through the chamberlains. So what does all this mean? So it means that these people, these seven um, officers, they represent God's heavenly council. And we know if one of them is Mamucham, one of them is Haman. So that's symbolic of who is Haman? Midas Hadin, the attribute of justice. We know that the Yetzahara is the Yetzahara. The Yetzahara is also the prosecutor and he's also the Malacham office. Yetzahara first tricks you into doing sins. Then when you do the sin, he prosecutes against you. And after he wins the prosecution, he can kill you. So Haman is the great prosecutor of all the angels over there. And all those seven, um, again, these are the angels and the seven uh, spheros and all the things that bring energy and good things when we listen to Hashem. And if we don't listen to Hashem, it doesn't. And therefore in Pasuk 16, Vayomer Mamuchan, now Mamuchan speaks before the king. And before the officers. And what does he say? Lo alamelech levado of Savashti Amalka. Vashti the queen has not only done wrong against the king, but against all the princes and all the people that are all the realms of the king. So what is that? Remember, Mumuchan is the prosecutor. So what's the prosecutor saying? Well, Hashem is looking at this young fellow and he's like messing up his life and he goes to the prosecutor, what are we going to do with this guy? So the prosecutor says, well, listen, he says, you know, this young fellow, by him sinning, he hasn't sinned only against you. Okay, he's he's eating trade, he's not keeping Shabbos, he's not listening, but he hasn't listened to him. But you're doing so many Averos, it's going to be bad for everybody else. Why? Because we know, for example, before Hashem destroyed the world with the marble, what, what, what was the nail in the coffin? The fact that they were immoral, all these things, but the nail in the coffin is when they stole from each other, when they hurt other people. The final judgment is when not only do you go against God, but you're hurting other people. So what is the mamuchan, Haman, the prosecutor, what's he saying? That this body, this Vashti, who refuses to comply has not only went against the king but against everybody all the officers all the people that's like all the other body parts against everybody and what's gonna happen what's gonna happen you've done something that everybody's gonna suffer from this why so he goes on plus the kid Zion you know it's gonna be bad for everybody 
because the word of the king queen will come out. I'll call on Hashem and all the women, meaning on all the bodies, and all the chomer, to do what? To despise their husbands in their eyes. And who's the husband? It's the tzura. Because you're going to say, the king, Achashverosh, called her, and he didn't come. So what's happening? What's happening is, you know, this guy's got to get punished. You know why? You know why Vashti had to get to in the story? Vashti had punished so other ladies won't learn from her. And not give respect to their husbands. But here we're saying, this body, this homer has to be punished. Why? So if, otherwise it's going to be a Hashem. People are going to say, look, the body doesn't listen to the soul. The homer doesn't listen to Tzura and has a good time and nothing happens. So if nothing happens and the wicked have good things, so let's be wicked too. So you're hurting everybody else. And that's one of the great questions in life. Where was God during this period? Why is evil succeeding? And unfortunately, so many people pick up on that and they therefore do terrible things. So therefore, the prosecutor in Shemayim says, Hashem, if you let this guy get away with it, if you let this body get away with things, so what's going to happen? Everybody's going to learn from it. And not only that, not only it's not, it's not only going to be bad against uh, you, Hashem, that they've gone against you, but everyone else will suffer. What does that mean? Because everyone else is going to learn. I don't have to listen. And that creates a tremendous coalition. And what's everyone going to say in verse 18? And this day the princesses, princesses of Persia and Media who heard the word of the queen will say to all the princes, and there'll be much contempt and wrath. Okay. Because that's going to cause, unfortunately, no more hashkach of Hashem over the world. Because people are going to say, how come Hashem lets the wicked suffer? And that will get people to deny everything. The world will say, God doesn't run the world. So therefore, this is a major problem. So what the Megillah is really telling us, the story of each and every one of us, when we're young and we're wild and we don't want to accept authority and we want to get away with everything, Hashem looks at this and says, this is not, cannot go. This cannot go on. Hashem advises his counsel. I'm giving him a chance. I gave him Shabbos. I'm giving him opportunities. You're getting a good Jewish education. You, you don't want to listen. There's a great Chil Hashem happening here. How can it be? We have a Jewish soul that came into this world and is doing all kinds of sins and is getting away with it. Everyone will learn the wrong message. Now, there's a simple interpretation in the next few psukim and a deeper one. Right now, we're only going to do the simple one. So in Pasuk Yates, it says, So there were the Pasuk if it's good for the king, again, Hashem, let the uh, royal edict come before him. And should be written in the laws of Persia, and never be revoked. Because of the fact that Vashti came, refused to go to the king. So what will happen? The king will give the, the queenship to someone who's better than her. What is that? That's the attribute of justice. It says, if it's good for the king, let him write. Let him write things. Now, what do we know? We know, for example, on Rosh Hashanah, there are three books are opened. And in the books we write, this one for life, this one for death, this one's in between, and it's what's all based on. We said parasamodai. 
we said is the intellectual understanding and the midos. And it should be something that should affect the way we think about things and how we behave. And that what's going to happen, we're going to, and look what's happening, that the king was not happy with Vashti, she can't come anymore, we're going to get a better one. And we're going to see this is alluding to the secret of transmigration of souls. What is a transmigration of soul person dies? And then his soul has to come back into another body, has to rectify things. You need a replacement. We don't, he doesn't get into detail right now, but you see what's going on over here. We got to change the Homer. Vashti is the Homer. She's the physical body. What's going to happen? What's going to happen is we're going to have to get another queen. We're going to have to get another body. How do you get another body? Well, well, when you die, you're going to come back. And you're going to come back and you have to find a better queen, a better body that will listen to what happens. And therefore, in Pasuk and let the verdict of the king be heard through the entire kingdom. Although it is great, and all the women shall give honor to their husbands, both great and small. When now you'll hear, and there'll be an understanding of what reality is, comes the Rosh Hashanah, Hashem makes decisions, and Hashem decides to punish people. And he punished with death. Could happen. And then you have to come back again with another body. That's not a pleasant thing. So what will happen? The word will get out and all the women, meaning all the bodies, all the Homer, will all of a sudden give honor to their husbands, to their tzura. They're going to start listening. And they're going to listen big things and small things. And big things can be looking into the depth of what Torah is all about and small things are actions and do proper actions. Let everybody know this. This is, so the prosecutor saying that the sinful body should transmigrate into another body. And in the merit of the punishment that happens, and we know there's such an idea of a punishment, the bodies will now follow the tzura in thought and action to behave the way they're supposed to behave. What's the king's reaction? And this was good in the eyes of the king. And the other malachim. And the king did like Mamuchan. And he sent letters to all the provinces, to each province, according to its script, and to every nationality according to its language, that every man dominate in his household and speak according to the language of his nationality. This is all based on the concept. Gomorrah says, anybody who said that God ignores Things that happen. He ignores his sins. What happens? God will ignore him. And therefore the king says, I'm not ignoring this. And the word of the king, just like it says, and have the word be sent out. All right? Meaning that the word of Hashem should be as if it's already been sent out to everybody. And that every, every surah, every shaper, every soul should be the ruler over the body. And to speak in the language of the nation meaning to behave like a human being who speaks and not like an animal. The, the person has to say, I'm a human being, and we have to start acting like a human being. And therefore, we're going we're gonna to tell that everybody has to listen to what their soul is saying. Because if not, look what's going to happen to you. What happened? Vashti's gone. 
There are those who are going to die, and they're going to have we're going to have to find a replacement. And who's the one who gives the message in every generation? It's the Navi. It's the prophet. And no two prophets speak the same way. And I'll bring prophets who speak a language that you'll understand. We don't have prophets today, but now we got great tzaddikim and great rabbis who help us out. And the great rabbis tell us that our bodies have to listen to our souls. And if not, what was going to happen? And so it was. We don't hear again from Vashti. And now to end. So we've ended the first part of the story. The days of youth. The days of youth are wasted. Do you think so? Because they got so much talent and power, they can do what they want. Party all day long. Get together who they want. Not think of consequences. Hashem says, no, 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 it doesn't happen forever. Things will change and get the word out. Let them know what's happened. What happened to this Vashti? Out. We're going to have to get another Vashti. What happened to this body is gone, it dies, and you gotta, the soul's got to come back and find another body. You've got to start all over, just like the king, Achishverz, has to find another wife. So now that we understand what happens during one's youth, that people follow their lusts, and that causes death prematurely. So now we come to the, we're going to start the second chapter tomorrow. And what's going to be the main point of the second chapter? Achishverz has to look for a new wife, right? So what does the Torah say when first man was created? It's not good for a man to be alone. Why is it not good for a man to be alone? Because if he dies, that's the end. If a human being's alone, what happens after he dies? There's no continuity. So you have to find an Azer Kenegdo. You have to find a woman, a helpmate, who's a helpmate by being opposite you. To marry a woman in your youth. Because now it's time to stand yourself up and be a person. Because going to go now to the second stage of life is the Amido, where you stand up and really develop. And that's why the second chapter is going to be at that age. As the Gemara says, that the Mishnah says, at what age should one get married? Ben at 18 you get married. And it's until 18 you're the youth, you're the wild oats. And you can tend to follow your Yetzirah and do all kinds of things you shouldn't do. The growth stage ends at age 18. And now we move on to the next stage of life, Ben Shmona Esrei Lechuppah, at the age of 18 for marriage. And that's why it's going to start tomorrow. The next chapter is when the king overcame his anger. He says, now we got to look for another wife. And we'll see how marriage becomes a critical component in the second stage of your life and how it's meant to correct all the deficiencies that happened to the person who is single and carefree, so to speak.